what a classic jam. Another classic from our April of uh, Sublime, right? Is that what we're doing? It is an April of Sublime, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Good stuff. How you doing, Mike? Dude, doing pretty good. Uh, I, I saw the first sign of spring in Chicago. Wow. What was that? You know what that is? <laughs> no. Cars were swerving, and I had to swerve around it. Russo bag. Bag of... (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would love it. A half-open bag of Russo fertilized. Yeah, man. Um, Clearly blew off of the uh, landscaper's truck, who is clearly, you know, he's a little rusty. All the landscapers, this is like their first week out, so they're rusty. You know, tools are going to get dropped. They're going to get left. They're going to fly off the truck. That's right, man. (laughs) <laughs> I got to get back into the swing of things. So the Russo bag, that's the first sign of spring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, man. That's better than uh, seeing, you know, my first sign of spring was uh, topless Lizzo drinking coffee in the morning. <laughs> I see the, the Lizzo has removed her clothing early this year, so it will be a quick spring. <laughs> Courtney. Which- I can only assume means the bears have come out of hibernation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, what was with that picture? That is disgusting. I uh, told Emma about it. I said, hey, did you see Lizzo today? And she said, no. And I said, well, and Google up some Lizzo. And she wasn't really getting what I was looking for. Uh, it seemed even the algo for Google didn't want people to see this image. of. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, AI doesn't want to look at that. So Lizzo decided to post an image of herself completely nude, sitting in a not very attractive position, I would argue, uh, drinking coffee. And she was, I think, trying to be supportive of the looking natural beauty, you know, natural beauty and uh, not wearing any makeup or anything like that. I don't know if she got the message out as clearly as she was hoping for. Uh... It's a, one of those pictures where I'm like, come on, I could use a little filter action on this one. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> we need Photoshop. I don't want to look at all that. So that's out there. Uh, yeah. Good for yeah, us. You see the, she's like, I didn't do any editing to this. Yeah, we could tell. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to highlight that part. We know. Can we get the uh, She-Hulk CGI crew in for this one, please? Thank you. <laughs> Like, what is that roll between the titties and the belly? I don't get that. How do you get that? You called that one out uh, pretty nicely. Um, you mentioned she had four boobs, potentially. I thought that was pretty, uh, you know, fascinating. <laughs> it, like four boobs. it did. It had that. It, I couldn't tell if I was being flashed. Is this not safe for work? <laughs> Should I be, you know, covering it with my hands? I don't want my boss to see me looking at this. Uh, it's good for her, I guess. She's. I, I just don't want to get caught with child porn. Are you sure there's not a child somewhere in there? It looks like <laughs> there could definitely be one hidden in there somewhere. I. <laughs> well, they got lost at a concert. Yeah, the the real game was finding where she hid the flute, right? You know, it's somewhere <laughs> in there. You just can't see it. It's the and one it's not uh, in a hole. That's right, man. <laughs> it's the one she stole from John Adams or whatever uh, that she played <laughs> the crystal flute. Remember that? Yeah, how could I forget? Oh, man, beautiful day here in Colorado. I got to tell you, we hit 85 degrees today. Wow, yeah, we were in the 70s. Not even normal spring heat. We just we bypassed spring, went straight to summer for two days, and then Friday it's going to drop 40 degrees and it's going to rain snow. Yeah, that's what happens when you cloud seed. Yeah, I blame Jared Polis for all of this. You can't balance it out a little. Like, maybe give us partially cloudy days why do we have to cover the whole sky on certain days and then have no coverage whatsoever on days like today middle of april 85 degrees let's get a little cloud seeding action give me a little shade (laughs) come on jerry let's you know help a guy out here man you're just doing it all the wrong times all the wrong times man except for this weekend i caught a glimpse heading in of the weather report and i mentioned on the show uh on Saturday, that Sunday, for our Easter celebrations, I purchased us some uh, Rockies baseball tickets, and we went to opening weekend. Yeah, I know. I saw your pictures. How was it? 
Oh, it was a great time. We had fantastic seats. Uh, They look great. They were great. I got them at a super cheap discount. I bought them kind of last minute-ish off of game time. And I think because it was Easter, rich people who uh, generally sit in these sections, uh, I feel like we're just giving them away for practically free. What was great, too, is we got these seats. They were uh, row 124, right behind the dugout. Uh, in between home plate and first. And the old guy directed us kind of to the wrong spot. And so we were sitting in worse seats, believe it or not. And then we got up and got redirected after our next trip to get beer to the right seats. And those seats were occupied already by a few dudes. And so the section two rows up, nobody, completely empty. (laughs) So I just said, hey, look, let's go sit. In the same seats, two rows up. Anybody shows up and complains, we can move over or whatever. We'll figure it out, right? Nobody shows up, which is great. So we're sitting in these seats, not technically ours, a little bit closer. Uh, all of a sudden, this old couple in front of us, uh, they turn around and say, we hope you're smiling. And I said, why? He goes, uh, you're on TV every time there's a left-handed batter. <laughs> I said, what? And sure enough, sure enough, if anyone was lucky enough to catch the Rockies game on Sunday, I was just above the right shoulder of every single left-handed batter. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Every single time they showed the face of the batter, you could see my fucking head floating right (laughs) over his shoulder, man. That's so funny, dude. It's fucking hilarious. Hey, you made it! You made it on TV, man. Congratulations! I'm the big time now. Good thing I was wearing our Dude Man Podcast T-shirt. Uh, we were getting some free publicity. Uh, I know, Damn. I know. It's big, big bummer. Um, so it was pretty funny. And the picture I sent to you guys back home was one of my favorites. See, we got home. I when I realized we we're on TV, I clicked uh, recording on my Comcast app there, so I could catch us in real time. And Throughout the game, I kept telling Emma, I keep missing the hits. I missed every home run. I missed every scored run because I was constantly, you know, looking at the sky, looking at the stands, you know what I mean? Talking to Emma, explaining the new rules of the game, which we saw several situations unfold involving the play clock and all that. Uh, So there was just a lot to keep me busy. But I kept, you know, I was like, man, I swear to God, I keep missing every play. And the picture I sent you guys back home, it was the home run, uh, the, this two-run shot from Profar. And if you pause it just right, right when he's making contact, you see me looking the total opposite direction, <laughs> <laughs> pointing with my beer in hand to something in the sky, total opposite of where the ball's being hit, not even looking near the action whatsoever. And that was my entire game experience. I saw no action. I was pointing at everything and looking around. I had a great time. Yeah, it sounds like fun. It looked fun. Beautiful like day. Like the screen grabs. Oh, good screen grabs. Uh, gorgeous day. We were, again, right by the dugout. So during the seventh inning stretch, we got to see uh, the Rockies mascot get up on the dugout and dance and do all this goofy stuff. And uh, we got some cool pictures with him. And uh, it was a great time, man. Uh, opening weekend, it was the 30th anniversary uh, date game. Mm. So that was uh, pretty cool. We got some cool pennants and uh, some other uh, you know, souvenirs and what have you. And when I was there, all I could think about is, I can't believe we're older than Ukraine. This is incredible. <laughs> the country of Ukraine, yeah. <laughs> the one that we're sending all that money Not to. Not technically true. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, great ball game. I don't remember if the Rockies won or lost, which is pretty typical for my trips to these, uh, ex- you know, excursions. Uh, the ballpark is designed so, you know, you don't even care if the Rockies are playing. It's such a fun yeah. place. You're just hanging out. It's gorgeous. Uh, Who's their mascot? Some dinosaur. I don't know. It's terrible. It's terrible. Terrible mascot. For the Rockies? Yeah, well, we do have Dinosaur Colorado. Where there are dinosaur bones out there and what have you, I believe. So there's some element there. I think he's like Rocky. I don't know. You know, 
Denver really dropping the ball on the mascots, in my opinion. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And you pointed out when we went to the Nuggets game, and you're right on the money. Why no gold miner digging for Nuggets? You know, a 49er, if you will. It would have made sense. But that guy's actually one of the best. He's considered one of the best mascots in the league. He, is he the... gets more money than any WNBA player. That's my favorite statistic. Oh, really? Oh, man. Poor Brittany Griner. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Uh, he's higher paid than any WNBA player. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's unfortunate. But look, the dudes, you know. He's p- performing in front of a lot more people on a nightly basis, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be an asshole about it, but to be totally fair, he's got a lot more fans there for him than most NBA, WNBA games have for, you know, the ladies. Did you watch the uh, WNBA draft? No, I didn't, but it was for some strange reason all over the news. Everyone was all really over. into it. But why? What was going on here? Did they? I don't know, but they announced that... Uh... <laughs> I don't even know what team, like the Las Vegas Tacos or something. They like. I hope they're the Tacos. Yes. <laughs> they like their first round pick. They picked this like blue haired black chick. It was like that all was right. all over the news. Yeah. But they kept saying her name like you were supposed to know who she was. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's the same chick who was in the finals and pointed to her finger, and that for some reason was controversial. And then, <laughs> as if she hadn't done enough controversy she um you know jill biden invited both teams to the white house and so this i think it's her i maybe i'm confusing my lady athletes here (laughs) listen you want to get famous in america it's not gonna happen on the court you gotta go get uh taken prisoner in russia (laughs) that's right it's the only way we'll know who the fuck you are or i mean play the race card like this chick and uh you know she's making all the headlines i think it's the same girl who like said no now we're going to go see the obamas i don't know uh I don't know. yeah who cares uh isn't obama already at the white house so you're already you're at the right place <laughs> that's good call my man <laughs> and they should stop doing the visits because there was one phenomenal visit and there shall be no other phenomenal visit since. I, they should have just ended it at this one. And it was when the Green Bay Packers won uh, the Super Bowl about 10 years ago. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, 20 years ago. That's right. It was a while back. When uh, I think Favre was still on the team, 30 years ago even. No, 20. Yeah, you're talking about like 96? 98, okay. Oh, 98. Uh, the Packers were invited to the White House. And one Packer in particular stood out from the rest. It was the backup QB for Brett Favre that year. One Jim McMahon who wore a 85 Bears jersey (laughs) to the White House ceremony. That's right. The greatest celebration of all time. I believe the 85 Bears were unable to do their White House visit for some reason. And so McMahon took the advantage of going once again for his second ring, and he wore the Bears jersey. Oh, that's genius. I mean, to be fair, you ever met a Chicagoan? You don't want them in your house. (laughs) 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 You know? It's a nice neighborhood, that uh, D.C. That's right, man. You got to get the Chicagoans out of there and, you know, Maybe even uh, Chicago Italians. You got to watch out for those Italians, especially the <laughs> ones who are just smashing the box office, baby. This morning, the Super Mario Brothers movie is leveling up the charts. Look at us. We're adorable. Smashing expectations and heading for a record $195 million U.S. opening. Yeah! The most ever for a video game adaption on the big screen. All right, man. This movie was trashed by critics because it starred Chris Pratt. They, it was trashed by people like John Leguizamo because for some fucked up reason, John Leguizamo believes Luigi's Mexican. What world was Luigi fucking Mexican? What world is the name Luigi fucking Latino? Yeah, I'll tell you what, fine. We'll, we'll, put, uh, we'll put Mexicans in Mario Brothers, but then when we do an Alamo reboot... They're going to be invaded by Luigi's. <laughs> All Italians. All Italians. <laughs> the, the bashing 
from all these retarded leftists about the, you know, the appropriating the Italian culture. And then, wait a second, no, we're not appropriating enough uh, Mexican culture for the Italians <laughs> because that doesn't make any fucking sense, right? Like, so much shit to be outraged about. <laughs> but, but we know for sure it has everything to do with the fact that Chris Pratt and Charlie Day, two white dudes, are casting or are cast as the main voices. By the way, Charlie Day, half Italian. No credit there, I guess. Doesn't matter. It's amazing Doesn't that matter. nobody cares that the guys aren't really Italian. It's just that one of them isn't Mexican because well, 30 sure. years ago, one of them was Mexican. So, you know, now we got to stick and to Mexican. And I heard they both are heterosexual, which not good. Dude, seriously, though, what this movie must just, like, destroy people at Disney. There's no lesbian parents. Uh, the, the lead's not BIPOC and gay. Uh, I mean, this is just what a nightmare. And it's making money, which is obviously <laughs> yeah. the thing they hate the most. Absolutely. Disney is just opposed to making money at the box office. <laughs> they kept everyone white. You know, they didn't make Mario black, and it's making money, and they, they don't <laughs> understand it. Disney can't figure it out. Oh, we got the formula. Our formula works, right? And who's uh, Bowser? Jack Black. Jack Black, that's right. It's a great cast. I don't think there's I a black person involved in <laughs> This yeah, is like but it doesn't even matter if it's black or white. It's just a good cast. You well, know? it's voices, first of all. And I'm sure Idris Elba makes an appearance somewhere. Or who's your new favorite, Idris? Uh, Don Cheadle. I'm sure he's in there no, somewhere. I can't break him up anymore after, after that uh, Blazing Saddles incident. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it just really uh, makes me happy that uh, the Mario Brothers are crushing the box office <laughs> at a time when it's the least woke movie and everybody on the woke side tried really hard to push the, wow, I don't know, this movie's going to be bad. It's really not woke. <laughs> oh, no, it's good. People like it. It's Audience score of 98%. Uh, I just love it because it's making money. Like, all you people have made, like, the movies you make suck. Nobody's going to watch them. Oh, that's right. Today they debuted um, the trailer to The Marvels which is a new MCU movie with uh, it's three chicks starring, right? And uh, it's going to be a big deal uh, because it's, you know, three chicks uh, with Sam Jackson. Don't worry, Sam Jackson is in the movie. Oh, all right. Well, at least they got Sam Jackson. I saw the trailer today, man. It looks just not fun. It doesn't look like anything I want to go see. And I felt that way with Ant-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything yeah. they've been putting out, I'm like, meh, I don't really, I don't feel it. But I tell you what, you tomorrow, I got a date tomorrow night to go see Mario Brothers. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, we're going. Yeah, I can't wait to go see 92 it. minutes, and the woke Perfect. mob hates it? I'm all in, baby. You know it's a great movie. Anytime you see critics score 50, audience 90, it's a great movie. You, <laughs> you know, know it's going to be a great yes, movie. That's right. Not going to win any awards, but it's going to be a great movie. Entertaining. Right, and uh, we need entertainment right now because there is news hitting the world. I don't know if I can handle it. I know Emma's already broken down. She's crying in a corner. Uh, we're freaking out, baby. It's game over. All right, just call it the hot sauce blues. A shortage of sriracha hot sauce is back, folks. Drought conditions in Mexico last year caused a shortage of red jalapeno peppers used to make the popular hot sauce. When production resumed in the fall, shelves were restocked, but the Southern California company that produces uh, some of the most popular sriracha sauces, Wiyu Fong, that's the name of the company, it's warning that it is now experiencing an unprecedented inventory shortage and Diana does not know when it's going to end with limited supplies. Some retailers even putting limits now on how many bottles you can buy. So many people so disappointed by that. I'm one a of rush them. rush on Sriracha. Yeah, you're a fan? I am. My like my stuff too. hot. My husband, too. Oh, very funny. Dude, Sriracha, it's the new toilet paper. I'm telling you. 2023, watch I, out, I folks. Thought was, I thought it was Chinese. It comes from Mexico? Yeah, it comes from Mexico. And I, I guess it's made from jalapenos. 
which is pretty cool. I'm going to try and make some of my own sriracha this year. I guess funny, cause, but they said red jalapeno. Yeah, so you just have to let it coast to red. That's what happens with the peños. You know what I realized the other day is I can't do red peppers. I can do as spicy as they, it doesn't matter how spicy it is, green peppers. Just not a red pepper. What do you mean you're not a red pepper? Like, uh, you don't like the flavor? It doesn't, like, uh, sit well? Oh, it just in kills the my stomach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Interesting. I wonder uh, what it, it's got to do with the color, right? Maybe. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just in your head, man. You see the red, you're like, oh, no, I'm done for. <laughs> it could be. I hate <laughs> sriracha, though. You don't like sriracha, really? Fuck, no, it's, that sucks. Oh, I like the sriracha. I'm not a diehard like Emma is. She drowns it, everything in it. Um, I like to dabble in it from time to time. It's got a nice, unique flavor, a little garlic kick to it. You know? I'm into mm. it. I'm more yeah. of like a Tapatio, Louisiana hot sauce. Uh, yeah, you Tapatio's know. good. I love the Tapatio. Um, I like go with the Texas Pete. I'm not familiar with Texas Pete. I like the uh, Valentina. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Remember that place on uh, Roselle Road? You're psycho, bro. I was literally thinking of that pizza joint on Roselle Road. That's the, the oh, that's place. Was, in Schaumburg. In that's Schaumburg. Yes. Me of. Yeah. We would uh, stop there for lunch every Saturday with the Mexican crew, and those dudes would I, the cover inch <laughs> back to front, side to side, the entire slice of pizza with uh, Valentina hot sauce. <laughs> Yeah, dude, and then go hit Schaumburg Road. Ugh. Yeah, how could you do that? That's right. Brutal. <laughs> We're talking landscaping here, people. This is good stuff. <laughs> Riveting. It's our whole childhood. <laughs> oh, man, so you're not a Sriracha fan. All right. I, I didn't think so, and the only reason I threw it on here is to force Emma uh, to listen to the show so she could find out what's going on with the Sriracha. <laughs> I told her I'm not going to tell her in person, so you got you to gotta download the episode. Listen to the show. You'll get your sriracha news that way. That's bullshit, dude. Sriracha <laughs> There's always shortages, dude. These guys are, they just need to fill time on the news. The fuck <laughs> out of here, sriracha shortage. No, this is for real, man. This legitimately happened uh, last summer, like they said in the clip. And Emma was like buying knockoff brand srirachas. I have a whole cabinet filled of them now. It doesn't taste the same. You know, can't, can't use it. God, it's such white people problems. Yeah, we uh, are filled with white people problems. <laughs> That's just like rich American problems, you know? <laughs> what, struggling to find some good sriracha? Yeah, poor people aren't worried about that. I guess you're right, yeah. Well, well they, maybe they eventually will be when the Tapatio is running dry. <laughs> right? No one's upset because there's plenty of Tapatio. That's why I can't understand. Why would it just be sriracha? Wouldn't it affect? I think it has every, to do with like, everything that uses jalapenos. Like I, like you said, I think this is a total bullshit. It probably has more to do with like border crossings and like uh, you know gangs in Juarez than anything else, right? Or it has something to do with the fact that gas just hit five dollars and they need an excuse to raise the price of sriracha. Wow. No, but it's just not on the shelves. Like, the shelves are gone, or empty. Maybe you're right. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not in that world, I don't, you know? Well, Mike, uh, if you want to know what's happening on the scene, boots on the ground in the real world, you got to get with the Sriracha stories, my man. You got to you know, follow <laughs> the Sriracha. That's what they always say. If you want to know the answers <laughs> to what's happening in the world, follow the Sriracha. You know what? It's funny, because I heard the Dalai Lama had a little Sriracha on his tongue, and that's why he just needed a little... A little suck my kiss. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Dalai Lama has apologized after a video surfaced in which he appears to show, uh, show him attempting to kiss a young boy on the lips and then asking the boy to suck his tongue. That incident took place at a public event. Don't you feel dirty telling this news, <laughs> man? You should take a pause after you say that sentence. Take a real deep breath and think about what you just said to us. <laughs> Pretend like you're not a robot, and this actually you know, made you feel something. For five seconds, let those words on the teleprompter burn into your fucking brain <laughs> and realize what you're telling us, man. This is so disturbing. It is so disgusting. It's so outrageous. 
And yeah, we're just talking about like, oh, did you guys hear about the uh, Dalai Lama? What a goofball, man. <laughs> yeah, his kids suck his tongue. Crazy. <laughs> Good thing he said tongue. Am I right, guys? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it always starts with the tongue. <laughs> Based at a public event on February 28th. Now, in Tibetan culture, sticking out one's tongue is a sign of respect or agreement. They're going to try and fucking Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Folks, you're just bigots. You're all racist. You're not not seeing the full prism here. Look, there's these cultures they have just other traditions that you're not familiar with. Other traditions. Some traditions you put your dick in their ass. Find a kitty like, put a dick in their ass. Oh, is this your wife? She's lovely. Uh, can I put my dick in her ass now? Thank you. <laughs> it's part of our culture. I'm going to ask her permission first, though. Don't worry. I'm not a creep. I will bow afterwards, as is culturally acceptable. <laughs> no, they are going to uh, whitewash this in a way that makes it... Come on, guys. It's just cultural misunderstanding. You know, it's just lost in translation, folks. That's what happened here. When he said suck my kiss, he meant suck my dick. That's what he was trying uh, to say to the right. kid. You're, just, you're, you're so racist, right? <laughs> so racist. No, it just happens to be the Dalai Lama, huge fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He was just reciting <laughs> some lyrics, folks. The best, the best part about this story is, like, the people who are reporting on it, it's like, oh, my God, we can't believe this revolutionary who tried to overthrow the government in his hometown and then was exiled. <laughs> I can't believe he's actually a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Turns out, not one for the rules. Well, you know, a lot of speculation this story broke and is getting a lot of play because China is trying to make a villain out of this fella so they could really do some damage. Yeah, I, I listen, I'm even suspect of Mother Teresa. I don't believe anybody is this all. No, I, you're... Dude, As- Right on especially, the money with that. Especially this man who's been labeled just like this moral guide for all of society for 40 years or whatever, however long it's been. Like, dude, get the fuck out of here, man. There are alleged rumors that the camps and places where Mother Teresa was in charge of taking in children and orphans and uh, all those young folk that you know that she was maybe actually involved in some sort of pedophilia ring. She was the Ghislaine Maxwell of the church. That's right. Oh man, not Mother Teresa. Oh yeah. Damn. <laughs> it's a rumor. It's alleged. I found it on the deepest, darkest corners of the web. You know what? I love to believe there's at least one good person out there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and give her the benefit of the doubt. No, nope, I give my one good person <laughs> in the history of the world to one person, one person only, Mister Rogers. Mister Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Rogers been dead for twenty years. We've they've proved nothing about him. Nothing has come out. The man was an actual saint. He was the only one. Good call. Nothing about Mister Rogers. Yeah, that's a good call. Not even a hint, not an idea, not a concept, nothing, not an alleged rumor. Even the gorilla loved him. Everybody loves that's right, dude. Even the gorilla loved him, man. That's right. The one that spoke English. <laughs> Are you still talking about Shaq? Or is Oh, we're gonna have to oh, no, oh, no, 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 I'd have to edit that one out. Oh my god. <laughs> now we're not gonna get the COVID banner, we're gonna get the BLM banner. <laughs> Yeah, I sent a picture to Mike today, I think. Uh, we're still getting tagged on, like, Spotify and shit for talking misinformation about COVID-19. COVID. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Still, still getting tagged on that. Okay, so uh, let's keep down this weird, wild, insane train here, uh, train ride. Here's the Dalai Lama. He just wants a little kiss. Tibetan culture, sticking out one's tongue is a sign of respect or agreement, but the video, which has been making the rounds on social media, has made a lot of people really uncomfortable. A statement posted on the Dalai Lama's Twitter account reads in part, His Holiness wishes to apologize to the boy and his family, as well as his many friends across the world, for the hurt his words may have caused. It goes on to say that he was acting in an innocent and playful way. Uh. Yeah, he's just being playful. It's innocent. It's being painful, huh? Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, man. I can't believe how they're treating this. Right? This is what kind of creeped me out here. They really, you know, softened that blow a little bit. Although, to be fair, that whole Jewish rabbi sucking the baby's dick thing came out, and that, everybody forgot about that real quick. Well, yeah, because then Kanye became an anti-Semite, and all we could talk about was Kanye. Kanye, yeah. So that's why we stopped talking about the rabbis sucking on the uh, <laughs> the teat of the deke after they have uh, circumcised it. Circumcised, so gross. <laughs> They're traditionists, man. Uh, traditionalists. Oh, so I, I try, you know, I don't understand. It's not my world, so I can't really critique too much. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But uh, these that groups and the own. yeah, the little kids, man. I don't know. This is getting weird. Good call with the rabbis and. You know, the Muslims, they treat young men in a, you know, not so traditional Oh, they just fashion. fuck them. Yeah, yeah they don't exactly. even care. So over there in the Middle East, it's not even <laughs> like, like, it's just like. They got like sex know. slaves over there who are kids. Yeah. Um, you know, now we have this with the the Dalai Lama. We have. That, jo- one, that one Marine or whatever got arrested. He's in, he's had to serve jail time. He might still be in jail for killing a guy because the guy had a kid chained to his desk. Yes, that was a very famous story, actually. I was very supportive of the actions of the soldier. Uh, I think most oh, of us oh. probably would have reacted if we bust down the door and saw some sort of child slavery going on. Sex slave we would have chained to a de- I assume all of us naturally would have violently attacked the human adult enslaving the child. That's just my, I could only uh. assume, as a natural reaction from people when they see that. Uh, so it's it's unfortunate, but... The truth of the matter is, as you know, Mike, it was illegal for the soldiers to act because having a child sex slave is completely okay in that country. Well, we were supposed to overlook their culture. That's right, man. That is absolutely right. Which is what made our invasion so fucking complicated. Oh, you really shouldn't invade an area unless you understand them. And we sent a bunch of ignorant Americans <laughs> to the Middle East. Not only that. A very, a very old, very complex culture. <laughs> and then those ignorant Americans rounded up something like 780 prisoners. We shipped them out to Guantanamo Bay. Did you read that article about Ron I sent to you? Yes. Yeah. Holy shit. Fascinating dude, not article. Well, not a good look for a lot of people. Ron as well, but I really felt it was more damning of the Bush administration and the policies of our country during 2000 and 2004 in that stretch. And what- For those that don't know what we're talking about, this article came out. It was about this, uh, this guy who wrote a book. He, was, he spent like 20 years in Guantanamo Bay as a prisoner. And he was talking about how they were being tortured and all this, and one day... This bright-eyed, fresh-faced jag lawyer comes in, and he he tells him, "Don't worry, I'm here to help you and make sure that they don't torture you and make sure they follow the Geneva Convention." That man was Ron DeSantis. That's right. We've talked and about they, this actually many times on the show. And the guy talks about when they were force feeding him, how like Ron DeSantis <laughs> was standing there watching. I got I gotta say though, man, that is, I gotta stick up for the military here. We gotta feed you. You want to do your stupid little <laughs> hunger strike? We're gonna shove food down your throat. The f- and even the, yes. even the guy admitted, like after three times, he started eating. So you know what? Yeah, we're gonna chain you to this chair. We're gonna shove a tube down your nose, and then we're gonna fucking funnel and sure into your belly to make sure you stay alive. Yeah, it was a graphic account, no doubt, about what happens when they pour that insure into their into the bodies and the defecation and everything that ensued. Oh, they mix it with laxatives? That's fucked. It's a rough dude. situation. Um, watching listen, it... Nobody was sent to Guantanamo <laughs> Bay because they were singing too loud in the mosque. You well, know what I mean? Well, we didn't we bust down know. the doors of the mosque huh. and take those who were praying too much yes. and throw them at Guantanamo Bay. Here's what kind of got me about this article, and it was uh, written by the guy, a, a man who's made a memoir about the events... Uh, about his experience at Guantanamo, um, what kind of t- shocked me was that they had held uh, 779 prisoners at Guantanamo since 2002. 12 
were charged with crimes. And two were convicted. Yeah, but they <laughs> So it does, when you frame it like that, man. But you all know, of these guys were might... pulled off the bed. These guys were pulled off the bed. I got it, you. Man. But here's what I think. I think you this know? is where we as a country really dropped the ball with this one is the, it would have been a totally different outcome if we had treated and tried these prisoners like um, more within the realms of the American judicial system rather than like pieces of meat and, you know, the way they... But sometimes it, you got to understand it's a very complicated situation because sometimes you can't prove what you know because it would compromise uh like you know you don't want people to know what kind of technology you have right so i got you i think there's a lot involved a lot of you know nuance behind why some of these guys were held for how long or you know they were held and i don't know man i don't think we took many like they had to go through a lot to get to guantanamo bay we didn't just take anybody and throw them in Guantanamo Bay, you know? Well, here's kind of what surprised me most. Only 779 at Guantanamo? I thought it was, like, in the thousands, man. No, we had a lot in Germany. Yeah, where was Abu Ghraib? Was that Germany? No. That was in Afghanistan, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think it had to be. Abu Ghraib's the one with the dudes in a pile, some of them hanging in sheets, uh... It's got the uh, chick with the cigar in her mouth and the thumbs up, you know, in front of the dudes, like kind of uh, in s- compromised sexual positions. Um, we all remember the Abu Ghraib photos. Uh, they were international yeah. news. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Soldiers are going to have fun, you know? So what was your take on it, though? I'm curious. You read this article, this graphic account of being tortured and in the midst of being tortured he looks to his left and in the crowd behind the fence he sees ron desantis <laughs> laughing okay you I, remember this guy laughing you didn't even know what his name was he, until you saw that he was running for president claims like, the face is burned in his head okay here's my argument ron desantis you know at an army pl- kind of looks like a bunch of other white dudes Oh, yeah, especially in a Navy uniform. Oh, you can't tell one <laughs> apart from the next. That's the whole <laughs> yeah. point. And you're like, you're being tortured and you're, you know, getting the force feeding and you're saying you look through this chain link fence and through the chain link fence in a crowd of army personnel, you spot Ron DeSantis and you'll never forget Ron DeSantis's face because, and you remember it now because now he's running for president. I don't know. Like, little suspect. I'm a, like, that's a really good memory. We'll throw that out there. That is a good memory. And you have fantastic eyesight. While being tortured. Yeah, you're claiming you're covered in all these cables and they're holding you down and, you, you know, the insurance coming out of all ends and, you know, and, you, and you're spotting and staring down Ron DeSantis out of everyone. You're not mad at anyone else doing shit to you in this moment. <laughs> Like the guy shoving the tubes in you or giving you the stuff to shit your pants or like, uh, you know, nobody. You're not, you're just focused in on the one guy in the group of guys. Frank, if you were being tortured and Hitler was in the crowd, (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't you notice Hitler? He's Hitler 2.0. I'm sorry, 3.0. Trump is 2.0. I'm just saying, I got through the whole thing, and I was just, you know, wow, this is so incredible. What a harrowing story. I can't believe the man is still alive and free. Like, he survived this whole ordeal. And I was like, wait, uh, yeah, and, and wait this, a second. Uh, <laughs> no, it's bullshit. Listen, <laughs> so anybody who wants to fucking cry for him, right, let me ask you this. How many Americans get taken, get taken prisoner by those guys, and they get to walk away? And write a book about how the worst thing they did was get forced fed while a lawyer who was there on behalf of them stood by. Like, that, that is, <laughs> that's kind of absurd, right? And the only lawyer, we only have one guy there. I assume it's like two or three people. 
Oh, he was the only one, Frank. Didn't you know this? He ran Jag. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. That's all he was. I have like, the more I read the article, I kind of went back and forth on a couple paragraphs. I'm like, wait, how is this just to say, like, he's it? That was why they were going so fast with the force feeding. He had to hurry up and defend Jack Nicholson in court. (laughs) He was Jag. In the 10 years you're there, the only Jag officer the entire time was Ron DeSantis, who somehow squeezed in three terms as a Florida congressman. (laughs) How is this fucking possible? Dude? Well, at that point, he was just going there, you know, for fun. To, <laughs> oh, yeah. To witness the torture. <laughs> That's where he's like, I don't even work for Jag anymore. I just come here to watch the torture, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just come show up in my loafers, <laughs> drink a daiquiri. <laughs> it's just a beautiful article. And what was great about it, Mike, is it came from Al Jazeera, of all places. So now. There, there's seeds being planted out there in these kind of not mainstream, I would argue, uh, places. And everybody can start to reference these little nuggets and those little nuggets, and then they'll start to connect dots. And then, you know, pretty soon we'll get the big New York Times expose article, like, Ron DeSantis, torturer, you know? <laughs> oh, no, they already got him, dude. They, I've already heard, uh, like, our parents say, like, oh, Ron DeSantis, he's just a young Trump. Yeah, okay. Trump, dude. All right. He's a young Trump. Because <laughs> Trump, Trump is a Yale-educated Yale lawyer who served in JAG. <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's, ju- he's a young Trump. How are they alike in any way? <laughs> no, like, we covered this. This man, man, this man <laughs> went into the military. He married one woman. He's got three kids with her. Like, Yeah, no, he's, he's young There's Trump. There's nothing alike, dude. No, I like the idea that you got the beer drinking guy, which is Trump, who I know doesn't drink famously, but, you know, the guy you'll go play golf with, but you don't really want to play golf with Ron DeSantis. You want Ron DeSantis to go run the country and kick some ass. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, while I go play golf. While I play golf with Trump. You go go the office, exactly. And you know how I have proof of this? Did anybody out there see the UFC fight over the weekend and the fantastic picture of Dana White, Donald Trump, uh, Mike Tyson and Kid Rock hanging out ringside, having a great time. Dude, I keep asking like everybody that question, like mom, dad, like, dude, just look at the people on your side. You know what I mean? You talking about Mark like, Ruffalo a, and Rob Reiner? Like that, <laughs> just people I don't want to hang out with. You know, That's that right. table right there looks like a great time. If the doorbell rang. To my own house, and it was Rob Reiner, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, <laughs> Greta Thunberg. I'd leave my own house. I'd give them the oh, keys yeah. and drive away. I'd say, "Take it, fuck you guys." How, how'd you find me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hanging out with these losers. <laughs> what a bunch of whiny bitches! Yeah, dude, seriously. <laughs> That's why you guys are all depressed. The picture is incredible. This UFC fight, dude, it's being offic- or, uh, hosted by Joe Rogan. You got Trump there and Mike Tyson and fucking Kid Rock. We're like, what a fucking party, dude. Oh, it's great. That was great. It looked great. They looked like they were having a fantastic time. And did you yeah, catch you- the, uh, I sent you a little snippet of the guy who won the fight and Joe Rogan went to like congratulate him, and he just grabbed the microphone and announced how much he loved Trump and how we got to get back, you know, take back the country. And then he started a <laughs> "Let's Go Brandon" chant. That's so good. that's how he celebrated his victory. They chanted "Let's Go Brandon." <laughs> it's yeah. like, has there been a time where the country, I think, is more unified around kind of hating the guy in office? Like it's probably just half the country. You think it's just half still? Yeah, still. Yeah. Yeah. I think more people hate Joe Biden than hate Trump. No, no, not at all. Not even close. Everybody here says that they don't want Joe Biden to run, but they would rather him than Trump. No, that's the nice way of saying I don't like the guy. Get him out of here. And by the way, we know about the diary and his crackhead son. We're kind of sick of this fucking weirdo. Let's get him out of here. Yeah, but they don't want the camel either.
they're waiting. They're biding their time, Mike, and which that's what the Democrats do. You see, what is the motto of the Democrats? I'll tell you the motto of the Democrats. It came about during the midterms. My favorite line ever. You can wheel them in on a hospital bed and I'll vote for them. Right. Exactly. That is exactly. the motto of the Democratic Party. Exactly. And I, no I got to say. I, this may be a first on this show. But for once, the boys over at Pod Save America, speaking a little sense. There's been a lot of reporting about Dianne Feinstein no longer being fit to serve in the Senate representing the biggest state in this country. Uh, she's currently out for shingles. That is sad. That is obviously not her fault. But because she is not in the Judiciary Committee, uh, Durbin has said that it has made it uh, basically impossible to move a lot of these lower court uh, uh, nominees uh, to the Senate uh, for a vote. Uh, which means that Dianne Feinstein, who should not be in the Senate, is now preventing us from being able to confirm judges. And as sad as it is to sort of see someone who's had an incredibly storied and long and important career and has done a lot of good for this state, I think what the people around Dianne Feinstein are doing, allowing, you know, being part of this farce of having a, a lack of a senator in such an important job is really wrong. And uh, Dianne Feinstein should no longer be in the Senate. She has she should resign and more people should be calling on her to resign. Wow. That's the left, man. Uh, Folks, age limits, something, come on, term limits, anything. Even people on the left are like, wow, we have to get rid of this corpse. It's holding up the show. Here's the problem. Left or right, I think everyone can agree, we want to get something done here. Let's get the country moving forward. Hey, wait, forward? Can we get Andrew Yang? Give me Andrew Yang, please. The guy's a genius. He's a genius. I'm a Yang gang now. Yang gang. I think that's just the... We're all saying it even out loud. Like, can we get rid of these old fucking creeps? And can we bring in some young guns with some ideas and some energy? Maybe people who can walk into the chambers instead of being wheeled in on one of those kid strollers that Mike likes. You know, the double one for Fetterman (laughs) and Feinstein. That's what I was going to say is Fetterman's not doing good either. No, there, we have None of these guys, you know? We got issues here, man. Hey, what about Mitch McConnell, man? He goes out for two months for a fall. Yeah, get him out just of here. tripped. Yeah, you're too old. I, I, there's just some level. I think it was on NBC. I saw something going on there where they interviewed three Congress members where they were being open and candid about mental health issues. <clears throat> Get out of Congress. You don't yeah. belong there. I'm sorry. We d- <clears throat> you know why th- this country is fucked up right now? We have people with mental health problems running the fucking country. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. Oh, did I say celebrated. people? Did I say people with mental health problems? No. I messed up there. I'm sorry. I- we have people who don't even have functioning brains running this country. <laughs> the president has dementia. Feinstein isn't even alive. They're even admitting it on Pod Save America. She's so dead and bedridden that they can't even wheel her ass into the fucking chamber oh, to vote Frank, in on so ages. This is so crazy. So, she just says shingles. No, but this is so ridiculous. I actually am so happy. This could be the unifying issue for both sides. Maybe for younger people. Maybe this is our moment to finally say, look. No, because everybody only thinks it applies to the other side. So. No, I think, I, I think you know, what we need to do, do my, is. Do people on the left they still limit. argue that Trump has dementia. Hey, look, my age limit idea, Trump, you're gone. No offense. Yeah, I love it. But you're gone. Oh, I love it. I think probably 72 would be too old to run. Like, that's it. I'll give you 72, because if you get two terms, you'll be 80 at the end. Sure. That's it. All right. Let's... 72 is seventy-two is the last year you can run, and if you're already president, you can run again at 76, but that's it. I got a bet. I got yeah. a, I'll one-up you on this one, right? It could be fluid. The age limit for running for president will match the average death age, right? The average life expectancy, which has recently lowered to 72 from a higher age, I believe, yeah. correct? So yeah. here, here's a good idea, right? We'll, we'll have the, the age of president match the life expectancy age, 
this is motivation for the current old president to improve our lifestyles as a people <laughs> and a country so that way we can increase the life expectancy age and you may have a shot to run again. Good call. They'll just change they'll just fudge the numbers. <laughs> Did you see that shit about the crime stats? Enlighten me on these crime stats. Uh, so apparently if you look at the like uh during COVID and everything, like there was just the past few years crime has just escalated. But then you started seeing like last year you started seeing a downward tick, right? That's right. And one of the reasons is they just stopped counting crime. Oh, they, li- oh, yeah, they literally okay. just changed how they count them so that it made the numbers look better. Like if you get rid of the failing kids or you don't count the failing kids, the grades look really good. Yeah, right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, we only, we only count those <laughs> with 50% to, to 60% as failing. Everybody below 50, <laughs> we're just going to call them not trying. <laughs> so you're saying that uh, essentially... Because crimes weren't reported, but they were happening. Ah, this is crazy. We live in the craziest world, man. They say like one of the biggest reasons crime numbers are going down is be- also because, like, if the cops don't show up, that crime doesn't get reported. If there's no report filed, yeah, I think I would imagine cr- you're getting more vigilantism. You know, we're we're getting the uh, the Batman scenarios now, which I've been praying yeah. for for Chicago, Mike. I'm telling you, Gotham City needs a Batman. You guys are. Oh, as soon as they pardon that guy in Austin, I'm going to fucking invite him over to Chicago. (laughs) What's the guy in Austin? I'm not familiar. Man, everybody forgot about him. So remember during the BLM riots? That's right. There was the guy who was driving his car, and that fucking guy went up to his car with an AK 47. Wow. Yes, I do remember this. The car shoots the protester with the AR 15 or the uh, AK 47. The guy in the car is an army sergeant. Wow. So he shoots the guy, and then he gets out of there, and the jury convicted him. They, convict, they, said, they said he's guilty of murder. I'm sure it was a jury of his own peers, I can only yeah, imagine. Yeah, Austin. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't political. Exactly, man. You know, the judge, like, didn't allow in information and everything. The cops at the protest were, they, have, they said they warned the guy numerous times to stop pointing his AK-47 at people. And then in court, that wasn't allowed. And then everybody that was there uh, to testify as a witness, they were all protesters who said, no, I never saw him point the gun at anybody. Oh, of course. They're on the same team, man. It's such bullshit. Anyways, you heard about what Abbott's doing? I would like to hear it. Government, Governor Abbott, he's already going through with the... This guy hasn't even gotten sentenced yet. Governor Abbott is already going through the uh, process of pardoning pardoning him. That's right. It was reported today. That's what I was kind of seeing posted around. It's funny. I didn't notice what it was. And the slant that places like NPR and Associated Press were giving it uh, made it seem like this was some disgusting move by Abbott. And how dare he uh, pardon this murderer? Yeah, it's really crazy. Because, well, it's kind of a weird situation. Not all the evidence was allowed in. And then they have the, they have the, uh, they have the, um, what do you call it, constitutional carry. So anybody in Texas can carry a gun. So you're right. But they also have the stand your ground law. That's right. So it was all about, like, I guess who, I don't know, man. Fuck, fuck those protesters, dude. They were out of control. Oh, the summer of love. Yeah, dude, get the fuck out of here. That guy should not have been convicted. He wouldn't have been convicted anywhere else except Austin. Of all the things that took place in 2020, it seems like the summer of love is the most forgotten the fastest. Nobody wants to be reminded that they were arresting people, bringing their kids to the playground or to the beach. They were arresting business owners for opening their business so they can make money. Uh, but they were allowing dudes with AK-47s walk around and point the gun in people's faces. Or, Stop traffic. Or they were allowing people to burn buildings in uh, Kenosha. Yeah. And then you know what happened? People who loved their communities came out to defend themselves. And it's really sad that all these people died for nothing. Yes. Your killer, your quote-unquote killer is going to go off. He's going to get off. 
And he's gonna live his life. I don't know. It goes what both ways. What did you ways. gain? And you did. All, you died like that guy who died with the AK forty-seven. Was yes. it worth dying for George Floyd? <laughs> yes, man. You exactly. think George Floyd would have died for you? How about skateboard guy who tried to kill Kyle Rittenhouse? Was that worth it, man? For George Floyd? I, was that I mean, the same thing? Was that George Floyd? It was like a post Oh, that's what started it. Yeah, that's what started the whole thing. I thought Kenosha was some other guy, but it was tied into Floyd, and we already had the Breonna Taylor, and we were at maximum capacity. We're going to burn this place down. Oh, yeah. oh, dude, wasn't Kenosha that fucking kid in like the Wendy's drive-thru or something? There were so that, like, many that yeah. you could almost assume it was the FBI carrying these assaults out. <laughs> but, like, oh, I know. In hindsight, it just seems like it was the three-letter agencies behind everything that was carried out, COVID included. Uh, it's just, though, I felt like Kenosha with the Rittenhouse scenario was not just what happened there, but a culmination of several incidents throughout the summer. But that was the most jarring because it was the smallest town and they were burning shit down. Yeah, mostly peacefully, though. It was a summer of love. That's what everybody <laughs> I've never seen somebody burn down a uh, a car dealership with so much love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much love and peacefulness. Do you remember the assault? Was it Portland? The police department there was under assault for like 48 days. Uh, Andy No <laughs> was documenting it on Twitter. They were throwing like Molotov cocktails and... <laughs> It was insanity. Portland oh, dude. was Chicago cops were like rails. encircled around the Columbus statue and were like using it as a fucking barrier. They had like <laughs> M80s and people were fucking freezing water bottles and throwing them at them. Like you kind of look back on it now, man. You're thinking, put that together, mix it up with some of the uh, Gretchen Whitmer kidnap case and then Jan 6 that. It almost seems like 2020 was the trial run in all these little places to see how we can rile up the community and, you know, just tear it to to the ground. And I I think then they went all in on Jan 6th, and it just wasn't wasn't what they had hoped. Did you see the newest news about Jan 6th? I I hope it has something to do with my favorite character, QAnon Shaman. No. Oh, all right, but carry on. It's one of the uh, oath... Oath Keepers uh, trials. Is this the group where they had six out of ten FBI agents, or is it FBI, the, the, is the, it the leader other was an FBI informant, <laughs> dude? And and this one guy, they're like really trying to throw the book at him, and his lawyer is just fucking drilling the government, dude. It turns out they can prove for fact fifty of the people that stormed the Capitol were informants, wow, or undercover. They had, dude. They had people from the Metropolitan uh, Metropolitan Police there. They had people from the CIA. They had people from the FBI. They're proving all these agents from every organization there in plain clothes, pushing people to storm the Capitol. See, I'm at the point now where I take a look around, and at every moment, I believe I'm surrounded by 50% three-letter agency people. All oh, times, dude, yeah. no matter what, even on this podcast right now, nobody knows it, but Mike's actually an AI bot. He works for the CIA. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, it's a beta test. I know that's why it burps all the time, but like, it's it's an incredible <laughs> program. And yeah, see, everything, 50%. You're guaranteed it's just a three-letter agency. Oh, dude, that's my new question for people when they bring when they talk about January 6th. Is, okay, the lawyer says it's over 50 can be proven, and they have another dozen or so that they think. Right, that's you're right. A, you're a, you locked, you arrested like 700 people, right? We'll say oh, yeah. 750. Yeah. Man. So if I get to 75 informants, that's 10. <laughs> yeah. At, at what percentage is this now? Just like, oh, okay, the government instigated it. You know. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like I, I like to visit Boulder. Boulder, a known hotbed for the three-letter agencies. Uh, you know. You could be in any bar down there and take a look around and be like, I'd say about 10%, 10%. without a doubt. You know what three-letter agency you're all starting to look like? It's the KGB. KGB.